Well, it's October already. The Rolling Stones many, many, many years ago saying, time is on my side. Well, maybe time is on your side waiting for a lost love to return. But we don't know if time is really on our side or not. And why is that? Well, because no one except the Lord knows how much time we have. You can be perfectly healthy, you know, eat right, exercise every day, run marathons, do all of that and not make it another day. Or you can do everything that you shouldn't be doing and live to be an old man or an old woman. So we don't know how much time is on our side. But, you know, most of us have wondered at some time, I think, what would I do or do differently if I knew just how much time I had left on earth? You know, if the Lord would tell me today that um, March 12th of 2022 was going to be my last day on earth or whenever, maybe 20 years from now or whatever, uh, you know, what, what would you do differently? Now, some people... Uh, they would go out and party like crazy. Uh, some others may go out and, and run up their credit card debt to the max. Uh, some people would maybe seek revenge uh, for things that have been done to them. And other people may try to reconcile. Uh, some people would do all they could to try to find maybe a cure for what they had or thought they had. And most importantly, hopefully we would make sure we were ready, uh, that we were right with the Lord before that day came. Uh, most of us, I think we really wouldn't want to know just how long, at least I don't think I would want to know, uh, because I'd probably do something that I shouldn't do or whatever. But Thank goodness God is the only one that really does know. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for the time that we do have on earth. And Lord, help us to maybe live like today is our last day, uh, to do all of the good things that we should be doing and make uh, amends where it needs to happen. And just to be the kind of person that you want us to be. So, Lord, as we look at your message today, Father, help us to see um, what it is you want us to get out of uh, your word. And so, Lord, just use me to, to bring that message to your children and let the Holy Spirit guide and direct us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to talk about light, but you can't talk about light without talking about darkness. And so we'll see some of both in this message. Several times in the New Testament, we hear about the light. So let me start with the earliest time that we read about Jesus in the light. And that would be in the first chapter of John. And John begins in verse 4. Um, we're talking about the light. Now, I'm going to probably use mostly the NIV 
But in the first three verses, John's been speaking about Jesus as the Word, that the Word became flesh. Uh, but here he uses another comparison in verse 4. It says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Uh, as the darkness has not overcome it. The NIV doesn't do the best job with the word overcome, uh, looking at the original, uh, because the Greek means more like that the darkness doesn't understand or comprehend. Uh, the New Century Version says uh, overpowered, that the darkness is not overpowered of the light. Uh, the New Living Translation says that the darkness will never extinguish the light. So I guess my translation would be that the darkness is less than the light. Okay, now that may be as off base as other translations, but that's kind of my understanding. So let's start out by comparing light and darkness. And so I'll start with two questions. Uh, is the darkness the absence of light, or is the light absence of darkness? So I guess what it's that would be asking is, which is more powerful? Okay, if I could go into a totally dark room where, you know, you just could not see your hand in front of your face, you know, holding your hand up against your nose, you wouldn't be able to see your hand. And then if I were to light just a, a single match, that would bring some light into this dark room. Uh, not as much as, you know, flipping a switch and turning on a light, but that single match would bring a lot of light into that total darkness. But if I were to go outside where the sun's shining bright, I can't overcome that light with darkness, okay? Because it could never be outside 100% dark. Because from somewhere, uh, there is some light coming from the moon, the stars, uh, you know, from a street light down the road, whatever it might be. There's, there's some kind of light. But a little bit of light makes a whole lot of difference in the darkness. So if we've maybe kind of established that, let's look at John 8. This is where Jesus declares himself the light. Uh, in verse 12, it says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So uh, what's Jesus talking about following him? And that's going to give us the light of life. Well, Jesus was going way back in Scripture, back to Exodus, chapter 13. And this is what we read. By day, the Lord went ahead of them, the Israelites, this is when they were out in the wilderness. Okay, so by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, 
and a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. So Jesus is telling us when he says, I am the light of life, he's saying that he will be the light that we need to guide us in light, excuse me, to guide us in life. Except he's going to be that light 24-7. He's not just going to be that light at night. He's going to be that light constantly. So we have to choose to walk in his light. And the Israelites, they had to choose as well to follow the, the cloud during the day or the pillar of fire at night and the light. But if you remember, several times the Israelites would say, oh, if we only stayed in Egypt. You know, I think we do the same thing when we decide to step away from the light and wander off on our own. In John 9, the disciples asked Jesus about a blind man. He said, is he blind because of his sin or is it because of his parents' sin? Well, beginning in verse 3, this is what Jesus had to say about that. He said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this has happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it's day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. But while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So what's Jesus talking about here? Okay, I understand that I am the light of the world, okay, because he has just said that a few chapters before. But First of all, when Jesus said that that man and his parents hadn't sinned, he's not saying that they had never had sin in their lives, that they had lived a perfect life. What he was referring to was that it was not their sin that had caused the blindness. Okay, not that they were sinless people. And second of all, it says when he's talking about not being able to work at night, he's saying that in the darkness that not a lot of work could be done at that time okay not like today where you know we have the lights where we can work around the clock so looking at matthew chapter 5 we find another time when jesus is talking about the light okay beginning in verse 14 jesus is speaking he says you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay, this is a verse, verse 16, that you know, is the favorite verse of a, a good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, he's just turned 80 here a few years ago and has a lot of health problems. And I, I certainly hope uh, whoever does his funeral or memorial service that they include that verse because that's the one that stuck out to him, how we need to be being 
that light and letting it shine before others to bring glory to God. Okay, now Jesus is calling his listeners the light of the world. Now, that could be a shocking statement for a bunch of everyday people, like the Israelites at that time, and like you and me. And even more so as they continue to hear Jesus speak and to see the miracles, okay? Jesus has said, I'm the light of the world. And now he's saying, you are the light of the world. And so what they're hearing Jesus say is, you're going to be doing great things and bring glory to God. That's no small task. Okay, so let's go back into the book of John. And Jesus is talking in chapter 12 more and more about his suffering and death, trying to prepare the disciples for what's coming and when that's going to happen. This is what he says in verses 35 and 36 of John 12. He says, you're going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they're going. Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of light. When he finished speaking, Jesus led, excuse me, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Now, the last sentence that Jesus spoke was, Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of light. Okay, before this, what, four chapters, he's already said, you are the light of the world. Okay, so Jesus isn't speaking to the disciples here. He's speaking to the crowd. He's speaking to other believers and other listeners in verse 34. So he's saying that all can be the children of the light if they believe in him. Just like we all can be children of the light if we believe. Let's turn to one of Paul's writings in Ephesus, or excuse me, Ephesians, the church of Ephesus, uh, chapter 5, beginning in verse 6. Paul says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light will become visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. So in verse 10, tells us what this is all about. It said, Paul says, find out what pleases the Lord. Is the Lord pleased with darkness? No. 
Is the Lord pleased with the light? Yeah, that's what this is all about. That's why Jesus came to earth, to expose the darkness of the world, to expose the darkness in ourselves, and to give us a choice between darkness and light. So why are people still wanting the darkness? Maybe, well, just maybe, it's because the light of the world, or excuse me, the light that the world sees just isn't very bright. Okay, it needs to, to become shining brighter. In other words, we need to become shining brighter. You know, our, our son just bought some new light fixtures for in their kitchen and dining room. And it came with those Edison bulbs, they call them. They, they look really nice. You know, they look like some of the first light bulbs. But the ones that came with the fixtures, it didn't give off very much light. And so in order to have the, the light that they needed from those light fixtures, he had to go out and buy a whole bunch of new bulbs that were higher in wattage and were not as orange as the other ones were and gave off more light so it would be bright enough. So we're called to be the light in the world. And once you know Jesus is Savior, that's what you are. Unfortunately, too many of us are at a pretty low wattage. Okay, I gave the example of lighting a match in a totally dark room. So it's no longer completely dark. Well, that's kind of like the light that we give off, some of us as believers. And to some, that's satisfactory, but it's not satisfactory to the Lord because we are called to be a light, you know, like a bright, bright light, not this little, you know, bulb that doesn't give off much light at all. Now we start off not giving off much light and that's understandable, but we're called to become bigger. We're called to become brighter. You remember the, the hefty trash bag commercials about the, the bags that, you know, other people make other than hefty, you know, they're wimpy, 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 and you need bags that are hefty, hefty, hefty. Well, we're called to be hefty lights. We're called to be lighthouses you know, directing the lost to the Lord. We're called to be searchlights, you know, finding those that need Jesus Christ in their lives. You know, we're called to be eternal lights, you know, never going dim, you know, always shining bright. I mean, Satan will and Satan does try everything he can to punch our lights out, okay? And if we're not careful, he's going to do just that because he's very deceptive. He's very crafty. He knows our weak points. He knows where the switch is to turn our light off. Well, the Psalms gives us many verses about the light that we need in our lives. Psalm 119, verse 105 is one that I remember from my childhood. There used to be a 
TV program, uh, Lamp Unto My Feet, was the name of the program, because Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And how true that is. You know, the, the Living Bible, it says, Your words are a flashlight to light the path ahead of me and keep me from stumbling. <laughs> without that light, without that flashlight, we would trip and fall in the darkness of a world. Staying in Psalm 119, verse 130, it says, The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. That's me. Okay, that's so true. Okay, reading, studying, knowing God's word brings understanding. Okay, reading scripture often brings the understanding to a situation that we need. You know, things can be chaotic and going to the word can be what we need for the peace that we need in our lives. David wrote in Psalm 27, the first verse, one that may be familiar to you. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? God uses his light to guide us and to direct us in the dark world. Because of, because of that, we have no reason to fear and there's nobody that we should be afraid of because God's light is what we're following, not the world's darkness. And then in Psalm 18, David writes this, verses 28-29. He says, You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. David was going against his enemies, especially Saul, time after time, and needed to be reassured that the Lord was on his side in the battle. Let me take a look at Proverbs. Got to be something good in Proverbs about this, you know. It's Proverbs 13, verse 9. It says, The light of the righteous shines brightly, but the lamp of the wicked is snuffed out. Okay, if we are full of the Lord's light, we are full of the Lord's righteousness because being a child of God makes us righteous. It may not feel like it, but it's true. And along with that comes the light. Let me go back to John's gospel one last time. Chapter 3, beginning in verse 19. It says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but the people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does, does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God." You know, if you or someone you know are doing dark deeds, you're going to fear the light. I mean, you may have made a commitment to the Lord 
You may serve in church. You may be a generous giver. Maybe you read the scriptures daily and you really look like a believer and everybody has no doubt that you're a, a good Christian and you may even be a pastor or a, a leader in a church, but you still may fear the light because of who you really are. That was the Pharisees. They looked and sounded so wonderful. They knew the law up and down, inside out. And they could quote scripture and they could pray until the cows come home. But the light of Jesus exposed them for who they really were. And they tried to permanently extinguish the light and thought they had, but they didn't. Let me share the words from a, I guess we would call it a children's song, but it's really not. Uh, it's a song that all of us should know and try to live. And it's this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. That's what we need to do. But nowhere in scripture does it tell us that our light is supposed to be little, okay? It starts out little, but we need to be in Scripture, in prayer, and not just reading the Bible, but studying and knowing Scripture and put it into action in our lives and serving. And then our light continues to grow. It goes from that little five-watt Christmas bulb to the lighthouse that the Lord expects us to be. Let's pray. Father, I just give you thanks. For those that know you, those that love you, those that are part of the light, Lord, help them to make their light grow, to burn brighter, to make a difference, not just in their lives, but in the lives of those around them, their family, uh, their brothers and sisters in Christ, their co-workers, their fellow students, uh, those that uh, they come in contact with in whatever way possible. Lord, help them to shine brighter because that's what you need us to do, to not be a little light, but Lord, to be a beacon, to make a difference to, to maybe just one or maybe to many. So Lord, help us to shine the way you want us to shine. And Lord, I just lift up anybody that may be listening that, that doesn't know you, doesn't know this light and darkness stuff and what it really means or what it's talking about. Lord, help them to reach out to you. The Lord, maybe they've reached out to, to drugs, they've reached out to uh, many different things, to uh, affairs, they've reached out to um, other things to try and fill that void in their lives. Father, help them to know that only you fill that void because you put that void there and that only you will fit in there and make a difference. So Lord, if they've never made that commitment to you, Lord, 
Let today be the day that they do, that they turn their lives over to you and to realize that nothing is going to change until you make the change in them that's needed. So, Father, help them to pray a prayer like this. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. I know Jesus is the only Savior. He is the only light that I need in my life. Lord, help Jesus pull me out of the darkness and be a light to shine, to shine bright for you and come into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.